Good morning, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inspire. Uh, today, I got Ashley Battle on the line. Ashley, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You hanging in there during these crazy times? Yeah, as best as we all can here in Pittsburgh. So it's, it hasn't been too bad here, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, it's a be- beautiful city, too. My, uh, I, my sister lived there for about three and a half years up in Cranberry. So I, I love the downtown aspect and walking around where the rivers meet. Uh, beautiful downtown. And the Pirates game's got the best view in baseball. I think it's one of the best stadiums around. So, Absolutely. I could walk to Hinesfield and PNC Park from where I live. Yeah, like I did. Right yeah, never got the Steelers game, but we did sit right behind home plate for the Pirates one year and literally looking out to the bridge right there, the people walking across the game. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is very um, aesthetically beautiful here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have the gondolas, too, that go up to the restaurants on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome. So, listeners, I'm going to get into Ashley's background a little bit. Uh, Ashley, obviously back home, she's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, she attended the Lindsley School, uh, which is a boarding school in West Virginia. Uh, during her junior year, they had an undefeated season at the Lindsley School. Uh, Ashley set records in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. And uh, due to all that success at Lindsley School, she kind of put the school on the map and it started becoming more attractive to female basketball players. Uh, in high school, she was named a WBCA All-American. In 2000, she played in the WBCA High School All-American game. Uh, and she was a member of the women's U18 USA women's team, which won a gold medal at the FIBA Americas Championships. From high school, she committed and played four years at the University of Connecticut, um, where she followed two of her AAU teammates, uh, Diana Taurasi and Maria Conlin. Uh, She had over 1,000 career points, over 700 career rebounds, four Final Four appearances. Uh, She had 2002, they were undefeated and uh, won the national championship. 2003, she was the Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, National champions in 2002, 2003, 2004. Um, and from her college playing days, she was selected in 2005 at the Seattle Storm with the number five pick in the WNBA draft, uh, played with the New York Liberty from 06 to 09 and 2010 with the San Antonio Silver Stars. Uh, and during her off season with the WNBA, she played with various teams in the Spanish professional league. Uh, in 2013, she was inducted into the Huskies of honor uh, for her role with the 2002-2003 and 2003-2004 women's basketball teams. Um, She coached high school basketball back home until she moved up to the East Coast, and she currently works for the NBA as a basketball operations associate. Got a lot going on there, Ash. Yeah, it made me sound pretty good. You know, they, they keep going on. You got the, the, really some miraculous things. I know we've, you know, talked off record, but, you know, being part of UConn and, you know, just the basketball world, you've really kind of, you know, established yourself as a, an elite player, which is kind of a great thing. Yeah, it's not, um, it's been, it's been pretty cool. You know, it's been a, a really good run. Um, like, I mean, really, it's, it's, it's been really great. I mean, when you go out and you start talking to people, especially in the line of work that I'm in, uh, previously and now, you know, when people hear UConn, they, it's a brand now. So it's like, you're, you're talking about every time it's like, oh, were you on one of those national championship teams? 
And and then I'm like, yeah. And they were like, oh, which one? I was like, oh, yeah, I was on three of them. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of like, uh, they kind of look like, oh, well, who did you play with? Where was that? And, you know, so you start going into all these different side conversations about basketball, which is pretty fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had a former UConn alumni, you know, on the boys team. He walked on. I think you know him. Ryan Swaller was one of my guests. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple weeks back, and you know, talking with him about playing with Ben Gordon and you know the number two and three picks in the NBA draft. So it's always a fun conversation because he can relay that to the kids he coaches now in high school, and they all kind of drop their mouths when they're like, "You played with them," you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, very cool, very cool. So growing up in Pittsburgh, um, yeah. Was it a hard you, you your the school you played with in high school was in West Virginia Lindsley School. Um, was it a hard decision to move away from home uh, from your mother to go attend the school? Uh, I know West Virginia is not too far away, but how was that? Okay. Um, it was hard. It took me three years to actually go there, so they can accept dorm students in the seventh grade, um, which is when I first, which is when I took the admissions test for the first time, um, and. You know, it's 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 difficult for a seventh grader to kind of live away from home. Um, I didn't want to be away from my friends, you know, my family. And, you know, you can't... My mom was just like, you know, it's your decision. You don't have to go. Um, so I took the admissions test in eighth grade. Same thing, I didn't want to go. Took the admissions test again going into ninth grade. And my mom was like... Every, I mean, I think at the, at this point, everybody was just like, all right, you, you got to make a decision. Like, and I, and I had to make a decision on where I was going to go to high school anyways, whether it was um, staying in the city league schools or going to a Catholic school um, in Pittsburgh, which, you know, my AAU team was really good. So there were some really good schools here. Um, you know, the uh, Meg Bolger and Kate Bolger was at Oakland Catholic, and that was an option for me, and they were – um, Meg is like the all um, no, Kate is the all time leading scorer at West Virginia. Um, they're both of them are in the Hall of Fame at West Virginia, including with their brother Mark Bolger is a Hall of Fame at West Virginia, um, NFL player. And my and then um, there was different schools around the city that I could have gone to because I'm so centrally located that I'm kind of in like everyone's district. Right. And especially in the Catholic schools, like it didn't really matter where, where you where you lived as long as you could get there, so to speak. Right. Um, and, um, but, you know, something that resonated with me was that my mom told me, Hey, you know, if you don't like it, you can always come home. And, you know, and that really hit me like, you know what, you're right. Like, if I don't like it, I can't come home. I'm not bound to stay there if I don't like it. And, um, so I went down the day of orientation, like nobody knew I was coming. It was just like, Hey, I'm here. Um, <laughs> Like I didn't know what I needed or anything. Like I literally, I just I just showed up, and they were like, "Oh, we're so happy that you decided to come." And, yeah. and they walked me with uh, open arms, and you know, my mom had to come back down that night because I was like, "I need towels, I need washcloths, I need." Like, I mean, it was literally like going to college, so everything that you need going into college right. your freshman year, you know, stuff for your dorm room. I needed all that stuff. That's why I'm sure the basketball coach is very excited to see you walk on campus. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because they were not good at yeah. the time. They were not good. It was really solely for, like, academic purposes. Um, and because my AAU team was so good, we were so talented, you know, my first college letter was in the seventh grade. 
So I knew in the seventh grade that I was going to go to school for free. Like I knew that was going to happen. So it was just a matter of, you know, where I wanted to go and, you know, making sure that academically I was on par to, to do, to be, to have success. No, that's great. And I think a lot of young athletes don't understand the importance of the academic side, setting themselves up to play college if they have the opportunity to play college athletics. Um, they all want to right. play the sport, but they don't understand the, you know, the academic side. So that's great to hear that your fo- sole focus at that point was academically, I need to make sure it's the right fit because I need to set myself up knowing that you will have opportunities to play at the next level to have the academic piece to open even more doors, most likely with the, you know, college choices. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it was solely academic based. They had a hundred percent of the students there got into college. Um, you know, people were, I mean, it's like one of those, it was really like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Really, you know, just I'm just not from West Philly. I'm just from the north side of Pittsburgh, and um, you know, it's like one of those experiences where I'm like an inner city kid, and you go into like white suburbia, and you know, the kids are driving better cars than the teachers. I mean, it was exactly like that. So, but I would I would say I wouldn't trade it um, for anything in the world. It was one one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, ha- I still talk to um, a lot of the people there. Um, the alumni base is fantastic. Like people who've gone there, they go on to run Fortune 500 companies. They're senators. Like, it, I mean, the alumni base is crazy. Well, that's great. It's, you know, it's life experiences that you get through this process as well that kind of carry you through. And it's always good to continue to network and keep people close that have been made a impact in your life. So that's, that's awesome to hear as well. Um, So after a very successful high school career there, um, you were being coveted by universities, Duke, Penn State, UConn, and I think Stanford was actually one of your top choices. Um, How important, you talked about your AAU team, and on that AAU team, you played with Maria Conlon and Diana Taurasi. How what was the impact of them on your decision of picking UConn and kind of keeping the three of you together for four more years? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it was just really crazy because we actually didn't play on the same AAU team. So Maria played on a team coming out of Connecticut. Diana played a te- on a team coming out of uh, California. I played on a team coming out of Pittsburgh. And so we would all, like Maria's team and my team, we would randomly always be on the same flights stand at the same hotels like it was never planned but it would just happen when when we would go to these tournaments and then like diana was the best player in the country then and respect and i was one of the top players in the country maria was one of the top players in the country so we would just all kind of like hang out and we all became friends and like i don't know we've been friends since we were kids i mean literally you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, we've all, we've been friends for that long. And so, I mean, Diana used to call me in high school and just be like, you got to go to UConn. Like we can make history. You got to come. We can make history. We can make history. And, um, you know, so it was just, it made the, the decision a lot easier to go to some place where you already know the people there. Um, I mean, Swin and I grew up together. So we were in the same AAU club. So I already knew Swin, and then um, Diana and Maria are coming in, so I knew them really well. 
So if you could go to a place and you already have like three great friendships that already in, it, it just makes it a lot easier transition. Yeah, friendships, and you're all really good at basketball too, so that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right. So that helps too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So freshman year at UConn, um, you guys all get there. Um, what was the atmosphere like playing for Gino? And then I think that was also your freshman year's right off a of national championship season for them, correct? Yeah, yeah. So fresh, freshman year was just really interesting because they're coming off of their second national championship, which is like crazy to say. Like we only had two at the time when we were there, when I first got there. Um, and and we had to like sit there through banquets and you know all this stuff as their senior rings and this, that, and the other. So you're, we wanted that. You know, we wanted to to receive national championship rings. We wanted to, you know, do have that honor as well. And we came in. We were, I believe, number one recruiting class in the country that year. And they had everyone coming back. So it was really like you had to work for what you wanted. You know, if you wanted to play, it wasn't going to be handed to you. That My freshman team is probably – the most talented team I've ever played on, and yet we lost. You know, we didn't we didn't win a national championship that, that that year. We had a lot of injuries. You know, we weren't as ready as probably we thought we were. Um, I had a season-ending injury uh, to my elbow, um, and it was you know timing is everything, and we, we we just weren't ready. Right. No, it's definitely you know learning curve and. You know, myself who played, you know, college sports, you, you leave one area as a, as a senior, as the go-to, and then you go into a uh, college program and you realize, wow, there's a lot of really good talent all around you freshman to senior year, and it's back to almost like your freshman year of high school where you got to grind, you know, and you got to get out there and you got to earn your stripes. Oh, no doubt, and especially there, it's like everyone, you think you're working hard, but you're not really working as hard as you think you are. And you want to play, but there's five All Americans ahead of you, and so you gotta you gotta figure out, you know, how am I gonna get playing time? And I think that was one of the things that I had to do too. And I knew I was talented all the way all around, but sometimes you just gotta make your mark somewhere in order to to get in. And I think we, um, you know, defensively, you know, I. I did that, you know, you have people who could score, you have people who could do this, but who's going to be that person that's going to lock down the other team's best player, you know? Yeah, I can do that. I'll fill that, I'll fill that role and, and we'll go from there. Right, and that's a role that helped, you know, you guys build a dynasty there. Um, you know, four Final Fours, three national championships, it's kind of surreal. Um, now, transition, yeah. Transitioning from you're playing with top girls all throughout the country, many of them you ended up playing against or with at the next level, you know. So right. going through your four years at UConn, the success you had individually as a team, what was the transition like from UConn into the WNBA? Um. Well, I didn't know if I was going to get drafted or not. You know, it was. I don't know. It was just one of those things where I was like, you know, it'd be great if I do. I'm not worried if I don't. Cause I, I had a, a job waiting for me with Nike. So it wasn't like, I was like, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm still good. 
Um, and then when my name was called, it was just really one of those things as an athlete you want to have heard, especially if you aspire to play professionally. It's It was just one of the coolest feelings. So um, we were all in our in our apartment, you know, the five of us plus Ashley Valley. So myself, Jessica Moore, Maria Conlon, Morgan Valley, um, Diana Taurasi, and Ashley Valley. We were all in our apartment. And Jess and I are eligible to be drafted. And, and you know, it's, it's just nerve-wracking, really, because you're just, like, you know, just sitting there waiting to kind of hear your name called. And, you know, people, they're like, are you nervous? Are you not nervous? And I'm like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's, it's okay. You know, I, I knew for sure Jess was going to get drafted. I mean, she was always played really well. And, you know, she's a big, she could shoot, she could run, she could jump. Like, you know, she, she could do it all. So I knew she would get drafted and the crazy thing is is that they called jess's name and we're just like so excited for her and we're just like this is amazing you know her new coach is calling on the phone and we're just being obnoxious in the background like only thing you hear is just us just screaming and stuff like that and so she goes in the room and she goes and have you know the first conversation with her with her head coach and then um you know now it's time for the next pick and then my name gets called so like we literally went back to back and it's um, the late Ann Donovan's calling me, and she's just like, you know, hey, you know, welcome to Seattle, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, and, you know, they're going absolutely apeshit in the background and um, just going crazy. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, how'd you get my number? She's like, Sue gave it to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Sue is in Seattle. So, like, <laughs> like having, you know, someone there and, you know, someone there to make that transition smoother. And then also first round draft. So I got drafted in the second round and their first round draft pick. I grew up with here in Pittsburgh, Tanisha Wright. So it's like, you know, I'm like, this is about to be the smoothest transition ever to go play professionally, which it, which it was, um, you know, as far as just the teammates are concerned, it was, it was definitely a smooth transition. Uh, but you know, it, it was also one of those times where I found out that, you know, I was told I just wasn't good enough because I got cut. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, this is a thing where I felt like I was good enough to play. Um, and then after I got the news, it, it was just crazy because my teammates also felt like I was good enough to play. And they were just like, I can't believe you got cut. Like, they couldn't believe it. Right. You know, I think all just really shocked and um and it really kind of motivated me to want to get better and to prove to myself that um I could play in that league and and so that's what I did I went overseas played and then the rest is history no that's awesome and to experience that draft night with all these friends and someone that you were friends with for 10 years kind of coming full circle to hit in the top level must have been pretty surreal yeah it was fun Good time. That's awesome. That's a good experience. You know, lifelong memories for you know, especially you, Maria, who I know you're still really close with, and Diane, Diana, all those girls. You are. Yeah, yeah, we're all still really tight. You know, we have our group chat has been lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's been crazy. No, nah, I'm sure. All right, so you guys go through that whole draft night together. Um, now, bring coming current day after your playing days, you know, now you're back involved working with the NBA. 
Um, you did some coaching. Um, but girls basketball has been growing each year at the youth, college, professional levels. Um, and I know how passionate you are working with kids. You work with kids locally for me, um, but you're also doing it on the NBA side through the junior NBA. Um, what's your biggest focus when you're working with these kids uh, based off your life experiences being around the game? Um, really, you know, I mean, that's really, you know, just really trying to help them grow um, and be the best um player that they can be the best person that they could be um and just really trying to put them in the position to understand that you know when you go to college and when you're um in life you know it's it's more than just you know the sport and really get to know your donors really get to know like you know spend time with your coaches like just you know, try to learn as much as you can from everybody else around you, not only academically, but just see what's going on, understand what's going on, because, you know, these are the people that can help you later on in life. You know, these are the people who you're, yeah, you're sitting at these, at these donor banquets and, you know, you probably don't want to be there, but you know, this person is donating $100,000 to your school and they're the reason why you have an endowed scholarship versus a, a normal athletic scholarship. You know, so, and when you're, you don't know, they may be in the field that you want to go into once you're done playing. And it's just a good person to just know and kind of, you know, maybe you want to do an internship. They can probably provide that for you. So just really being aware of your surroundings and, um, understand that everybody needs help you know and it's okay no one no one gets to where they're at without without someone helping them um but you know also letting people know that it's going to take a lot of hard work and determination and and it's not going to be easy there's going to be ups and downs but really try not to get too high with the highs and too low with the lows because that can really break you you know um and it's a fragile situation as it is and you don't want to be broken so just keep working really hard and, and good things will pay off. Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes is, you know, you, you got to fail in order to succeed. So you're going to have those moments when you're down, but it's how, how you come back from that. How do you approach it to beat whatever just brought you down and make you better as a person, professionally, athletically, uh, whatever field that you're in at that time. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I know that's a big, you know, folks, I've worked with the junior NBA a little bit out here um, in Connecticut doing some clinics. And I know they're really trying to develop players um, with skills on and off the court, which is really good. They're, I know they're really trying to push a lot of stuff and they're very active now, which I love being involved with the youth side of things and seeing, right. you know, the multi-billion dollar company NBA starting to get involved with youth sports because it's ever evolving there's more and more teams programs that are popping up that aren't necessarily doing it the right way um and they're trying to kind of come back in and say hey let's let's reel it all back in here and, and make sure the focus is about these kids right right so i obviously do a lot of work with junior nba and i've i've now transitioned to international so i do um a lot of work with like the player pathway of international players who want to come to the states and play um, collegiately and you know maybe that's their path maybe their path is going pro so I do a lot of of that that work now and you know it's it, I mean 
it's kind of like the the way things have been going, you know, with a lot of the corruption in youth sports, it, it almost had to like force the NBA's hand to really kind of get into into youth sports to try to like pave the way for like honest, you know, relationships and honesty and growing the game, right. you know, about trying to swindle these kids a little bit. No, I, I, I love it that, you know, we've sent the team last couple of years to the junior NBA regionals and, you know, being so involved with AAU, I love that the fact that they, you know, birth certificates, computerized, like there's, there's no cheat in the system. Like you are there, you're, you're showing photo IDs when you show up and it makes everything legitimate. There's no, you know, great exceptions, waivers. It's either this or you can't play, unfortunately. So, um, and, and I, you know, a lot of other people I think are seeing that and, Hopefully, more of the tournament providers see that, and it's all one set of rules, which it never will be because there's so many people. But I do love that tournament because of the way it is run and the level of play that goes in there at a legitimate, you know, with legitimate players. So. Right, right, yeah. I went to the um, global uh, tournament in Orlando last year, and it's it's you know it's pretty cool to see you know all the kids from all over the world competing and wanting to get better and and. You know, the fact that WNBA, NBA players come and show, show their support and commentating on some of the games. And it, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, style play is definitely different. I actually got a, one of my guests, you know, coming up after you is uh, he's one of the national coaches out in Ireland. You know, and we I went out to Ireland last year with a team and we played and just, the, you know, seeing the different style and how the kids are brought up. It's I'm sure that's interesting being there for the actual global aspect of the, the junior NBA games. Yeah, it's pretty dope, you know. Um, and then having played myself internationally, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, summing everything up from your Lindsley High School days, your, you know, AAU days as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, you know, playing for, you know, UConn, four uh, Final Fours, three national championships. You got a personal Big East Defensive Player of the Year award, career in the WNBA overseas, now working with the NBA if you were, you know, on the other end listening, um, you know, what would what would you want to hear from Ashley Battle? What what words of advice, you know, for the pathway to trying to live out a childhood dream? Um, you know, it, it's it wasn't handed to me, that's for sure. You know, I had I had to work very hard. You know, I was blessed to be very talented at a, at a young age, um, but people catch up, and you have to like continue to grow continue to learn um and just really you know work really hard mentally and physically to kind of be in this position and it's still not easy I'm still getting challenged every day um you know and now that I'm older it's like do I have hip surgery do I not have hip surgery you know it's like there's some other elements that kind of play play that factor in now because of all the basketball that I played to now I have like some other issues that I had to like deal with or think about dealing with but just really overall if if you want to aspire to be a professional athlete if that's your goal then know that you're going to be making a lot of sacrifices and it's not going to come easy um there's going to be times where your friends are going to go out and you have to study because you have a game the next day or something like that and you have to train 
or something. So it, you're going to sacrifice some things, but if it's your ultimate goal, then, then, you know, you got to put aside some stuff and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, knowing that you, the sacrifices that you make, you, you're going to make and the mental and physical aspects that your body's going to entail, And also, you know, being receptive to all the different coaching that you're going to have. You don't, oh, you don't, you don't get to the top levels. You might think you know it all because you got the talent, but I'm sure Gino said it set some of you girls straight probably the first couple of weeks of practice, um, you know, but being receptive on that end because you got to listen to your mentors in order to get better. Don't, don't, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've had, yeah, I mean, Gino, he's a, he's a tough guy to play for. You know, he's got to play for, and he um, he's going to push you. He's going to challenge you um, mentally and physically. He's going to change the score in practice so that so that you lose, or so or not necessarily so that you lose, but you got to fight. So oftentimes, um, our practices were harder than our games. You know, I mean, when you look at a lot of our roster with multiple All Americans and. You know, coming in, coming in, we're probably all probably pretty much all Americans. But then you still have collegiate all Americans, player, national player of the years. Like our practices were brutal. Right. Like literally, our practices were like, let's go. Right, and and he, I, I actually, you know, I meant to bring this up too, but you guys, your walk-ons, your some of your practice players were very talented men that used to go in there, and he'd kind of say, he he'd say, take it to him, right? Oh yeah, there was no, there was no taking it easy because you're a female. Yeah. There was none of that. You know, they were quicker, stronger, um, and we had to beat them. You know, we had to compete and beat them. And I mean, and if you, the way that I just looked at it was just if I can get, we had this one guy, Tom. He was so fast. There was a couple guys. They were just so fast. And when we had to do like one on one drills like defensive drills against them, it was damn near impossible to get a stop. Like, cause they were just so quick and they could shoot. So it wasn't even like, you know, leave them open cause you're protecting the drop or get up on them cause they're a little bit slower. No, 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 no. You had to contest the shot cause they could shoot the, they could shoot the mess out of the ball. And you had to like, you know, be ready and, and defend because they could drive it too. But what it really taught you was like, hey, if I can defend these guys, there's no one out there as quick as them. Right. There's no one, there's no female playing in the college game that's quicker than these guys. And if I can get stops against them, like I can defend anybody. And then you have to be smart about it because they're quicker and they can shoot. You got to be smart about the angles that you play and how you're positioning your body is other. And if you can learn those things, then you know you you can compete and get stops against anybody. Yeah, no, that's that's such a great story, and I know he's uh, you know he started showing some of his practice now on his show, and you just see the intensity in there, and you know. I think that's another lesson for anyone listening is that you got to practice like it's game. You almost got to practice harder than the games and the games are just kind of where you go fine tune everything. And then you get back to work during those two and a half, three hour practices. We were happy when we had games. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone is, but you guys were happy for a different reason, you know? 
Um, but that's awesome. Thank, you know, Ash, I can't thank you enough for hopping on today, sharing all these awesome stories, your experiences. Um, you know, I hope you stay uh, safe and healthy out there in Pittsburgh. But thanks again for hopping on today. No problem. Anytime. All right. I'll talk to you soon. There you have it, Ashley Battle, former UConn standout, part of the dynasty, four Final Four appearances, three national championships. She's got a Big East Defensive Player of the Year award under her belt, WNBA draft pick, many years in WNBA, now playing, now working with the NBA um, on different aspects on the global side now, uh, global international side. But as she said, listeners, that wasn't handed to, to her. She had to continue to grow. She had to continue to learn mentally and physically. Uh, and some of that stuff has carried her into her professional career today. And she made a lot of sacrifices along the way, but she also built a lot of lifelong friendships with her teammates and people that she met through her playing days. I appreciate you listening today. Be well, take care. <laughs>